Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, January 18th. 2023 and today Tyler Wooten is a liar because he told you all that we were going to review a film called A Man Called Otto. Yeah, I did say that. And instead, he had to change change it up and go with the suggestion I had originally, the Gerard Butler banger, Plane. Plane. Now Tyler, why did you you got to tell the audience why did you uh, make this switch? So look, man, we're going to do A Man Called Otto. I didn't want to do that movie because it seemed boring as shit, and Tom Hanks has fallen very far down my actor um, list of... Because of one bad performance? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, he was really bad as Geppetto. <laughs> and I didn't want to watch it, and then people on my Twitter have been talking about Plane. It's been buzzing a little bit, so I said, fuck it. Let's pivot to something fun. Yeah, so um, just thanks for not listening to me when I was talking about it. Yep. You say people are talking about it. I bring it up. I say, hey, this is getting great reviews. Let's review this. And you just don't care at all about what I have to say. Correct. Um, until you see random people on Twitter talking about it. Yeah. No, you know that one. Uh, so we're reviewing Plane. Uh, we are obviously, we love Law Abiding Citizen. That is the Gerard Butler magnum opus of dad action films. So we are always happy to review a Gerard Butler dad action film tie. I'm excited to talk about this. We went together. We haven't gone to the movies together in a while. So uh, we had a shared experience. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I'm so good. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. All right. Before we get into the review, Jay. Um. A little bit of an HBO banger dropped this week that you have yet to see. Black Adams on streaming? Uh, is it? 
I think so, but that was a while ago. <laughs> um, the Last of Us, the video game adaptation miniseries. I don't know if it's actually a miniseries. I think it's just a show. Mm-hmm. Um, dropped the first episode. Now, that first episode was an hour and a half long? It's like a movie. That's it's, almost the same length as this movie we just saw. Yeah, it's a very, very long episode. Very cinematic, high-budget show. They're pulling out all the stops. They're uh, spending a lot of money on this. Now, I have not seen it yet. I told Riley she has a week. I have a week to uh, watch it, or else she could watch it without me, because I'm his- I'm just historically known for um, saying I'm interested in watching stuff, and she waits for me, and then we never watch it. Um, so I set my a timeline on myself. Um, it's got a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, 96 audience score. It's getting a lot of buzz. It's got your guy, Pedro Pascal, in it, so I know you love it for that reason. Fuck yeah. Um, 81-minute first episode. Yeah, that's a long episode. It looks like there's going to be nine episodes. Um, so I don't know. I, I Maybe I'll give it a, a chance, but, I mean, you wanted to bring it up. I'm sure you have something to say about it. Yeah, no, I, it's just everyone's been enjoying it. I Obviously, I watched the first episode. Uh, I haven't played the game. But everyone who has played the game is, like, aggressively um, thrilled with what they've done with it so far. And I think we may finally be getting, like, a good video game adaptation, which seems so aggressively rare when it's not just, like, Sonic the Hedgehog doing things completely unrelated to the video game. Well, maybe we'll get another great video game adaptation with the Mario movie. Yeah, that one's coming out soon. Not live action, though. (laughs) No, not live action. Um now I'm look I'm looking at this and it says genres. Uh, one of them is horror. Um, you know me. Should I um not watch this? So it's my understanding of it, and off the first episode, it's like a zombie outbreak kind of thing. Oh, so it's The Walking Dead. Kinda, sorta. Okay. Based off the first episode, but the first episode is it's gripping, like aggressively hooks you in to want to watch shit. So the first scene takes place in like 1968 and then the next scene pl- takes place in 2003 and then the next scene takes place in like 20 uh 23 this year. And so you get a full backstory and you're just fully locked in by the time you get to present day. Spoiler alert. Thanks. I don't it's just there's a time jump. I don't know what more. It's not a spoiler. It's just like the first half is kind of like a hey, we're setting up the story, which I guess they do in the video game. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is like, okay, now time for the story. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a try. Maybe. It's or very, maybe very good. No, you need to try it because it's very good. Pedro Pascal, wonderful. Um, he's wonderful in everything, but very good in this. And I just, as someone who's very, very uh, skeptical to get excited about the God of War series, this makes me happy because I hope that they just they just copy and paste that shit. Don't do anything cute. Don't get too creative. It's already good. Just make it live action. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, um, God of War is going to be made by Amazon. This was obviously not made by Amazon, so just because this one's good does not guarantee that mm-hmm. the other one's going to be mm-hmm. good. Now, speaking of video game movies, um, and I mentioned Mario, I, I'm now realizing, I don't know how far in advance you've made our schedule, Mr. Schedule Master, um, but this film... Next week. That's as far in advance we have. Yeah, I've got a couple of gaps and stuff. I need to work on it. Well, that film comes out April 7th. So, again, I don't know if we're going to be recording... How long of a break we're going to take. Zero break. Um, with the birth of your son. Maybe I, this I, is his first movie. I already talked. Maybe you take a two-week-year-old a two newborn and be that guy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I already talked to Victoria about it. No break. Okay. I told her. I was like, hey, if he's like thinking of coming out on a Wednesday, push it back to a Thursday. 
well, maybe we actually save Pinocchio for the week she's due because that feels like a safe play. Because mm. I don't want to be recording and then you got to rush. And there's like a, what, 10-day window there where it's just like any moment now, yeah, right? Who's on call. Yeah. I think. I I don't know. First time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, fuck it. If she calls while I'm here, I just shoot on over, pick her up, and we'll go to the hospital. Be fine. All right. No sorry. big deal. All right. We're good. I'm dedicated, Jeff. So are you going to take him to see the Mario movie? Sure. <laughs> what do you think's like the youngest? Like, do you think someone's actually taken like a one-week-year-old baby to a movie theater? Um, I don't know. That'd be pretty stupid for someone to do. That'd it's just funny. like germs. Just to begin with just germs. Yeah, yeah babies are real, uh, real uh, sensitive. Yeah. Can't give them honey until they're over a year old. No shit. Not sure if I've told you that, but yeah, no. I learned that a few months ago. I don't know when they can start eating solid food. I still need to look that up. I figure I got a while when he's born where I'm like, okay, I know now isn't the time. My guess without looking it up, having any prior knowledge would be like six months. You think? That would be my guess. I don't know. Like not by, what do you mean solid solid or do you mean like baby food solid? Like do you mean like the mushy carrots and peas or do you mean like fries? Um, just solid foods. Like baby food? Infant cereal. Okay, so Protein, those little... fruits, vegetable, grains, yogurts, and cheeses. Six months? Yeah, good shit. The baby cereal is actually kind of tasty. Is it? Um, who was it? Was it Jameson? It might have been when Jameson was like a baby. It was like, they're just like these little puffs. They're like little treats almost. And they were like blueberry flavored. They were pretty good. Yeah. I remember I would feed it to him and then I would eat some and then I'd feed it to him. It was pretty good. We got a box of Honey Nut Cheerios. And I was like, I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of these here soon. Because that just feels like a go-to baby food. Show up like a little Well, can't have honey until they're a year old. Oh, so just, just Cheerios. <laughs> yeah. Not Honey Nut. <laughs> okay, good to know. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know if Honey Nut Cheerios have that real honey in them. But um, I know it's something like with the, the probiotics or something with the bacteria that's in honey. For some reason, babies can't digest it and it like fucks you up. Like, wow. yeah, learn that. Within a, within like the last three months, appreciate that. Yeah, it's the clo- Clostridium bacteria can cause infant botulism. Okay, that sounds like a word. Um, I don't know what infant botulism is, but um, infant botulism, honey. Um, some infants get botulism when the spores get into their digestive tracts, grow and produce the toxin. Um, I still don't know what that is. Um, botulism is a seer, a rare but serious illness caused by a toxin that attacks the body's nerves. Jesus. Wow. Okay, yeah, no honey. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. th- this was obviously not known for a long time, like a lot of things with medicines and science and everything. But, like, how long did we go before people realized, like, yeah. can't give babies honey? Probably just gave a baby, like, a spoonful of honey, took him to the doctor, and he's like, yeah, he's got a demon in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well back in the day they used to believe that uh you had to balance all the the like i forgot what the word is but they pretty much would try to balance your bile your blood and i think your water in your body so they would like force like that's how george washington died he just had like a throat infection or something and they don't know what he had but it seemed like something not that serious and they just kept making him like throw up and have diarrhea and were because they were trying to balance his bodily fluids and then he died fuck yeah yeah no i mean Good thing we live in 2023, not yeah. 1777. <laughs> so I just got a prescription for an exorcism. <laughs> um, that would have been, that would have been it. Um, do you want to get into the to the film synopsis, Ty? Oh, uh, let's get into the movie here, Jay. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
When Captain Brody Torrance is forced to make a crash landing in a war zone, he finds his passengers were taken hostage, and he's the only one who can bring them home safely. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Wow, great synopsis, Ty. Did you write that yourself? I did. Without the help of the internet? Without the help of an internet whatsoever. Hand up, I did... I did steal the word war zone because mm. I couldn't think of what to call that kind of area. Just a war zone. What kind of I- Jabu Islands? Was that what it was called? Yeah, somewhere in the Philippines. I was actually going to look it up um, to see if, like, are these real islands or um, I don't know. Is the island the in plain real? <laughs> in plain movie real. <laughs> um. Is plain based on a true story. Jojo. Was it the Jolo? Jolo. It was the Jolo Island, right? The Sulu Cluster. Yeah, the Sulu Cluster is Jolo Cluster of Islands. It was also Sulu. Where did they land at the end? Remember they went to a different island? I don't know. That felt like the same cluster of islands because it seemed like it took him all of two minutes to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Me and Ty saw this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the movies last night, Discount Tuesday, only $5. I showed up late. You did. You missed the opening scene. Two minutes into the film. You had no idea that he had a daughter that he was going to visit on New Year's, mm-hmm. and that he showed up to work kind of late. He was rushing. Well, um, the reason I was late is because I got there with my water bottle, and the lady that I bought the ticket from told me I wasn't allowed to bring it in, even though I've brought it in multiple times. No. A water bottle? Well, it was my charger water bottle. Oh. So I went out. I had like a Dasani or Aquafina, whatever brand it is they sell there. I think it's Dasani. I just had one in my car from I was working with my dad in Vegas, and I had one. And I went and filled up my that bottle with my water bottle. Had to come back in, still snuck it in. Um, and that's what made me late. They won't keep you dehydrated. It no. won't happen. No. It, water should – I get like you don't want people to bring in bottles because like you don't know what's in the bottle and everything. But like is it legal? Like I've been taking – like I just started taking my bottle and like they never say anything. This is the first time AMC, Civic, all these different movie theaters. No one ever says anything. Like I, I've just – like today at the Sizzler, I went for my grandma's birthday and you have to buy salad bar. But they don't actually check who has salad bar and who doesn't have salad bar. Um, I just don't think these minimum wage employees – nothing against minimum wage employees. I just don't think they care if you're bringing your water bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's like – you're probably not worth the effort of telling you can't bring that in. Unless the person, you know, the lady who told me, not, nothing against her. She was just doing her job. Um, she was an older lady, and she takes her job more serious, and good for her. I'm glad she does. But um, either way, I get if they don't want to let bottles in, but, like, can they actually deny you bringing water water in? I feel like that's illegal. I don't know. Because, like, even theme parks and, like, baseball games let you bring water in. Like, yeah. 
No, I'm sure a sealed water, you're good. But any open container can be. It could have been a wa- but they have water. They have out, no outside vodka. food or beverage drink sign. I, mean, I I have a feeling water is probably an exception. It should be because I'm paying fucking five dollars for water at Civic. Every, every movie theater, they're so expensive. Yeah, they are. I just that's my one. That's my day to splurge. So I just got popcorn and a soda. <laughs> so fuck it. Yeah, I noticed you had a little baby popcorn while I yeah, was I get eating smalls. my eating my large popcorn. Yeah, I get smalls. I didn't even finish the small. Um, now the first time we've seen a movie together in in a, in a minute, I feel like it's been a while. Um, let's take a look at our schedule, Jane. I can tell you the last one we watched together. Well, what did I was going to ask you? What did you think of uh, me as a as a moviegoer partner? Um, I always talk about how I'm I'm verbal. What, did I have any verbal moments that we stuck out Black to Adam you? together? No. Fuck. Halloween ends. No, that was streaming. <laughs> Amsterdam. No. no, that was by myself. Was it's it Bros? Been a minute. No. You didn't saw go that with Riley. Bros? Don't worry, darling. Nope. Pinocchio honk for Jesus. Nope. Me time. Nope. Bullet train? Nope. Went with Riley. Then um, we took a gap. It's been a while. Yeah. I know for a fact we saw Last Night in Soho. I don't know no. how long ago that was. No. It was just me and Riley. No. Yeah, because I was scared, and Riley took a picture of me being scared. I was closing my eyes and didn't watch Oh, that's time. right. I just saw a picture of you there. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. actually there. Yeah. Well, what would you think of me as a movie-going partner? Did I – because uh... <sighs> I, I, I had some verbal moments. You did. Yeah. It was all right. It wasn't too bad. That's good. I almost, hey. I almost leaned over and told you to shh at one point. Really? No. Oh. There were people in our theater that were talking. Yeah. But I couldn't blame them. <laughs> Why? For this film. <sighs> Look, Ty, I know – you kind of gave me a spoiler about your scale, and we'll dive into it in a minute here. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if you're just a movie snob now, if that was your 2023. Tomorrow War, I gave, like, an 80 out of 100. If it was your 2023 resolution to be a movie snob. But, look, I'm not saying my score is great. I'm not even saying my score is within the lines. Mm-hmm. But, like, come on. It's a data action film. You gave, like, other films such as um, – that one stupid Netflix one that I hated. You gave that a pretty decent score, so I just I'm I'm wondering like oh the Gray Man, yeah the Gray Man, great movie. Um, I'm just wondering you know what what did that get? I gave Gray Man a 44. Okay, you I gave the Gray gave Man a 67. Yeah, and I just I'm just that just shows I'm not a movie snob. Well, I'm just I think you've changed. I think 2023 has changed you. I think the three movies um, that we've watched in 2023. It seems like it because you had to take a stance on Babylon. Good movie. Um, that's something a movie snob would do. Um, and I, I would think as a, a soon to be father in like six weeks, eight weeks, however many weeks it is like, yeah, this would maybe ring home with you a little bit more. This film, I've just seen better dad action films. You can be more dad in more action in a film <laughs> than this film. Interesting. You just can. I will say as a, as a, a movie going partner, you Ty, uh, you were texting at one point. Pretty rude to the people around you. Well, that's because my pregnant pregnant wife texted me, Tyler, with an exclamation point. My water broke. <laughs> that's what I thought was following or something, but it was, no, you forgot to invite Jason, and I had to tell her, no, he's sitting right next to me. <laughs> that's why I don't look at my phone unless my watch is a emergency-sounding message from pregnant wife. <laughs> and I look at my phone. Hand <laughs> up. Um, uh, did you tell her I showed up late? I didn't. No, I didn't rat on you. You're okay. Thank you. Appreciate people can that. still view you as a serious moviegoer. Appreciate that. Um, some background about this film, Ty. Film was actually first announced in 2016. No shit. Seven years ago. I think they had to get wait for the technology to catch up for what they're trying to do with this film. <laughs> um, I guarantee the whole um, 
this plane was built off of the Malaysian flight M90 or whatever that flight is that went missing, right? Because that went missing in like 2014. You think? I thought that just went missing. Well, yeah, it went missing. But I'm saying whoever wrote this was like after that happened, they were like, what if we do like a survival movie where a plane goes missing and they're all stranded, like lost? Yeah, it felt uh, more like lost. It was acquired. It was first announced in 2016, acquired by Lionsgate in 2019, sold to Solstice Studios in 2020, and then reacquired by Lionsgate in 2021. They got it back. So no one no one wanted this film, Ty. Uh, production, it actually um, – Mad River Pictures acquired The Plane, an original pitch from novelist Charles Cumming with a bunch of other people helping out. Um, in October 2019, it was reported that Gerard Butler had joined the cast and would also produce. Um, and then they had the – they abandoned the project because of COVID, blah, 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 and all this fun stuff. So this movie's been years in the making, Ty. Years. Yeah. I. You think they would have uh, tried a little bit harder with how long they had to make it. Now, you say all this, but the film has, what, a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 94% audience score. This seems like a film that critics <sighs> and moviegoers alike are loving. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm shitting on it. I don't. I don't understand those scores. I don't get it whatsoever. It doesn't I my mind can't wrap around why people like this film. And don't get me wrong, I don't hate it per se. But you heard me at points audibly laughing at this film. Me too. That's I think that's part of the dad action. But laughing at it. I think that's I was part not of, laughing with it. I think that's part of dad action. I think dad actions when you can laugh with it. You're just like, this is fucking ridiculous and they know it's ridiculous. But they were just taking themselves so seriously. Really? I kind of had a different takeaway. I feel like they knew they were being ridiculous and they were leaning oh, into it. No Some of those way. camera shots with the zooms in on the eyes and the dramatic looking at the money <laughs> in the bag. I audibly laughed when that happened. That's fucking great. <laughs> just like a jump cut fucking zoom in on his eyes. Like so intense. No, that I feel like they intentional. thought. I feel like they thought like this is good fucking cinema right here. Maybe that's where the disconnect is. Yeah, no, I think the director didn't realize he was making a dad action movie. He thought he was making John Wick. Well, I mean, it's probably got a better percentage than John Wick. Probably not. Jay, um, are you are you aware of how much people like John Wick? Never seen John Wick. Any I, of them. I've seen half of the first one, but like... <laughs> Isn't the fourth one coming out this year? Yeah. That feels like a movie we probably should review. <laughs> it does. I mean, fuck. Plane has a higher audience score than John Wick. Oh, John Wick... John Wick 4 comes out... I know you, we don't have our schedule that late... March 24th, 2023. That might be, depending on how things shake up and if we have to like do Pinocchio in a gap week, that might be the first film you review as a father on the podcast. Are we reviewing John Wick? We haven't I don't know. the I other just, ones. I just, Chapter 3 came in in 2019 where we were definitely doing this podcast. I just feel like as a, uh, a new father, I have to, that welcomes you in. That is the welcoming, like you're getting the quintessential dad action film. You're going to view it differently, Ty. Okay. You know, they always, everyone says, like, babies change you, and, like, you don't know that feeling until you have it, and you're going to know that feeling in eight weeks. I think, like, 2% of that feeling is a greater appreciation for dad action films. Yeah, no, I, I fully believe that. <laughs> like, a very, very small sliver, but it makes a difference. Like, that's the part that they don't mention. You think it's, like, the lovey-dovey, <laughs> you're going to care for something like you never have before. No, you're just going to fucking love Law Abiding Citizen even more than you did. <laughs> yeah, because now you're going to relate to the family dynamics. You're going to be like, shit, it happened to my son. Look, I do the same thing. Due date's March 14th. March 15th, I may be coming back and adjusting my law-abiding citizen <laughs> score up. 
I think it's like 90% it unlocks a new love, maybe like 5% you appreciate grass lawns more <laughs> like you just okay. you start looking at them different like one percent uh the nikes <laughs> what are the air monarchs yeah uh start looking grilling. a little bit better you're gonna like grilling even more now i feel like i was born with that <laughs> <laughs> so oh man i can't wait for all the fucking dad jokes ty your birthday in fucking june dude you're just gonna get a shit ton of dad stuff i can't wait it's gonna be wonderful <laughs> you want to get into the scale you want to you yeah. get into a score so you could shit on this movie and I could disagree with you and I can get frustrated with you? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get into it. I'll start so we can start with this. Okay. Plot slash story. So we follow Captain... Let me go back to my synopsis here. Brody Lawrence? Torrance. Oh. Almost had it. Yeah. Cl- L- Torrance um, Lawrence. New Year's Eve taking a flight of 17, which, like, first off, is that real? They're losing money on that flight for 17 people. So I don't know if there's that little. I can say one time when me and Riley flew back from Seattle... Um, our flight was only like half sold. I'd say maybe 50 people and they changed the plane to one of the giant ones where it was three, four, three, just cause the plane had to go to where we were going. Um, so it felt empty because no it was like a half full, probably more than 50. I'm sh- there's probably like, what, like 200 people could fit on a plane. So probably like a hundred. Um, it felt empty. It felt like that. We didn't have anyone like near us at all. That was cool. It really felt like they didn't want to pay that many people to show up on set. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, 70 people only made the flight. They couldn't um, have just done a bunch of extras and then just had everyone else, like, die, and you just had a core, like, 12 that survived. That's what I was thinking. But I guess then it's not, like, it's not as heroic to save 12 out of 200 people. Yeah. A lot of people dying under your watch, Captain, Tor- Captain Torrance. They just made a smaller plane. Like, a, they have those planes now. Have you seen those? Like, they, like, operate from Vegas to LAX a lot. They're, like, those smaller private planes almost. You could, like, buy a ticket to, like, a private jet. No shit. But it's like, you know, they hold like 30 people or whatever. I know like the one of the popular routes is Vegas to L.A. because obviously all the rich people. So it's like a 30 minute flight. Yeah. Um, Going back to the story. We follow Brody. Brody? Check that again. Brody Torrance. <laughs> um, they get struck by lightning after earlier in the film saying this thing's basically indestructible. Uh, <laughs> struck by lightning, crash land on an island, but it isn't even really crash landing. Because there's just conveniently a dirt road the size of a runway for him to land on very safely. Um, they get there. They're in a hostile zone. They go to look for help while the passengers get kidnapped. Then have to go save the passengers. And the special um, forces kind of private agent team who shows up uh, saves them. And then asks the commercial airline pilot uh, what he thinks they should do. Um, <laughs> To get out of there safely. He was pretty qualified, though. He was a commercial airlines pilot. But he, I, you know he what was, I love? He had the title <laughs> captain, and so they were like, we got to fucking listen to this guy. You know what I love, though? I love They showed that one old clip of him choking out a passenger, yeah. and that just became his go-to move. Oh, he loved he, the choke. He choked out the one guy, the fight scene he got. And then later in the film, um, when they were doing their little covert ops, the, the um, criminal prisoner... Or whatever, yeah. uh, what, however you want to refer to him, he like slit the guy's throat or did something like some military thing, and Gerard Butler just got the guy in a rear naked yeah, choke. He's like, I'm choking again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, got, it, I got one hit, and I'm gonna fucking play it. It made me laugh. I fucking loved it. It was great. Um, for the story, Jay, I gave it a three. Oh wow, it's cookie cutter. It's terrible. It's you feel like the movie just started and it ends. There's like one action sequence. And then the final sequence, and then it's just over. 
Um, there's no real juice to it. There's no, like, levity. There's a side plot with his daughter, like, contacting his daughter and everything. The, like, special ops room where they just bring in some random fucking guy who's just, like... Crisis manager. I'm in charge of everything. Like, a commercial airlines guy would have a crisis manager on fucking speed dial. Um, it's just... It's fucking terrible. It's a terrible plot. There's no creative direction. It's so cookie cutter. It just jumps around and just does whatever to finish the story. And they, it feels like they couldn't really think of anything else to do, and so they just kind of rushed it and ended it. I don't even know if I would say they rushed it and ended it. I feel like there was so much buildup, there was nothing else. Oh, okay, yeah. There was just, like, so much build. Like, the freaking host. the whole point of the movie is, like, they got to save these hostages, and they didn't become hostages till like, the hour... 10 mark yeah this movie's an hour and a half long yeah. hour 47 so maybe it was like hour 20 mark and then just as quick as they become hostages they unbecome hostages and they fly away yeah with one cool shootout scene at a runway that was a cool scene it was what's I a better know. runway scene that or the fast and furious whatever number scene the infinite runway <laughs> the 30 minute runway scene that one's more iconic <laughs> the one that goes across the like the map of europe and it's just like starts in spain and ends in like germany <laughs> Um, look, I didn't give this a great score either. I gave it, I gave it a six. I usually reserve the one, th- one through five for the horrible of the horrible. seems like you think it's a little bit more horrible than me. Yeah. Um, look, I think I just, I naturally don't give it a little bit lower because I don't think it was taking itself serious. And there just was a lot of ridiculous logic jumps, but you know what? That's what dad action films are, Ty. Um, I don't think it was trying to be smart. I don't think it was trying to tell a crazy story. Um, I think it was just like, hey, we need a vehicle to have action, so that vehicle is a plane. <laughs> oh, goddamn, that's uh, an actual vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It, it's really, there's not a lot. I mean, there's so many logic jumps. It's just like the whole, you know, getting struck by lightning, and then the whole thing fucking fails, but then they somehow short-circuit it, and now it works again. Like, complete power loss mm-hmm. until we flip a switch, and all this shit's cooked. But well, we flip a switch and we're fine. To well, no, they re off. they redirected it. He Gerard Butler did mention if you redirect from he this to this, he did say random electronical <laughs> lingo, amperage draw, we're good. I want to see uh, because like when they made Martian, they had like a video where like a scientist talked about it, and Martian's like historically very accurate when yeah. it comes to that. I want to have like a we need to have Grandpa Dave watch this yeah. and give us a report. Fuck yeah! Like, Dave, how realistic is this? Yeah, and he's he's gonna say it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's complete bullshit. <laughs> I would bet every fucking dollar that I have to my name on that. How about um, they're on this island, and they take off, and they fly for five minutes on another island. Now, you could fly pretty far in five minutes, especially an island cluster. Like, these islands are close. I mean, mm-hmm. you flew from one Hawaii island to another. I don't know how long that took you. Um, longer than that. Well, like a 30-minute flight at least. How about the fact that, like, they had no internet service whatsoever, and then they get to this new island, and he just instantly Yeah, he's just like, let me call my daughter. daughter. Yeah. Incredible. She's like, you, if you would have just, like, walked two more miles that way, you could have just called for help. <laughs> just swim. It was obviously pretty close. Yeah. That Jeep that you stole. Just, just drive along the coast for a minute. You'll have service. You can call the authorities. Oh, man. And they just go to another island, and, like, all those people are just nice, and it's like... Yeah, no, out of the war zone completely. Two minutes down the ocean. <laughs> um, how about the daughter um, recording a goodbye message to her dad who's stranded on an island? Um, that was the most ridiculous film. 
that I think I was talking. We were talking a few weeks ago about like iconic within the lines moments, like mm-hmm. scenes and stuff. We were to make like our own Oscars. I think that's a nominee if we do it this year of just the most absurd scene. Um, or I said it out loud. Like, why is she the one making a goodbye message? Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you haven't seen the film. Thank you. First and foremost, um, the scene is she records a message on her phone to her father. Like, dad, I don't know if you're going to see this. But I love you. I miss you. Blah, 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 blah. Usually the person that's stranded and might die records that in case someone comes across it later, right? Why would the person that's just chilling in a Maui beach hotel, whatever, a cabin, record that message? What's she going to do? Her dad's going to come home and she's just going to show him that video? Like, you're not the one at <laughs> risk to leave this to the people you love. Like, wh- I, I don't. Oh, I, I, I don't. It, Add 10 seconds of her texting it to him. At least do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he has service. Maybe he'll see this as the last. And then show a scene of Gerard Butler. I don't know. Getting. Well, no, because then if he gets service on the island, everyone's going to be like, what the hell? Why didn't you just call this whole time? Yeah. Um, just completely pointless. I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that. It just it doesn't make any fucking sense. Just like you. If he survives, you can tell him if he dies. There was no reason to record that video. He's never going to see it. You would want him to record the video so when they find his body, you're like, oh, shit, he said goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. You're um, just – you're fine. You're going to be okay. Also, I, like, I kind of wish – again, I'm kind of giving you shit for giving us a bad score. But, like, I know you were giving it shit because Gerard Butler, you're saying um, he's just an airline pilot. Like, just lean commercial. into him being a super badass. Why don't we just do that? Yeah, they should have been like, oh, he's retired ex-military – and he's settled down and is just now commercial, but he's got, like, 15 confirmed. He's basically fucking Top Gun Tom Cruise in a past <laughs> life. That would have been way more cool if you're like, yeah, he was a military pilot. Well, because the whole pitch of this movie and the trailers and everything is him and that guy have to go save yeah. the hostages. And what really happens is they kind of save him, get him on a bus, and then Gerard Butler's about to die, and then the, the SEAL Team 6 shows up. And they save everyone. And then ask for the commercial airlines pilot's advice on how to handle a rescue mission that they're professionals trained to do. How about the whole Filipino government not being able to go on this island where they've just given up because yeah. the this this clan took out the whole Filipino government, but then this SEAL Team 6 of, like, six dudes yeah. shows up and um, just wrecks havoc, yeah, just no. absolutely destroys The United them. States military could never have shown up and solved that in, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> Number one military in the world could not handle one singular Philippines island. How about um, – Because it's not even like it was the Philippines government where it would have started a war. It was like a rebel group. You yeah. just show up and handle that, and it's so done. Yeah. How about um, a militia? That was the word I was looking for oh, earlier. Yeah. How about the guy, the criminal? Him not getting back on the plane. Okay, fine. But why did they add the point of him getting like half a million dollars in a bag and just taking it and running in the jungle? Yeah. What is he doing with that money on that island? Nothing. He's going to get captured, and they're going to make a hostage video, but they're going to already have the money for the hostage video. If anything, add an extra 30-second scene at the very end. He's the new clan leader of that tribe. Oh. Yeah. Just like because the original guy dies. Well, I think he was supposed to be a good guy, even though he murdered someone. But no one wants to know the true story. Then freaking have him go – have him make the last-second decision like, no, I will go on the plane. I got to go save Gerard Butler. I'm going to go on this plane. And give him like a presidential pardon. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he's just like, I can't get on this. And he takes the money and runs. Yeah. 
What a great good guy. And what is he going to do with that money on an island where he has no service? He has no fucking idea where he is. Yeah, nothing. He literally said earlier in this film when Gerard Butler asked about taking the handcuffs off or whatever, he's like, what, do you think I'm just going to run in a jungle where I don't know where I'm at? Yeah. think I'm stupid? And then in that's what he does he at the end of the film. <laughs> he does exactly what he says is dumb. Just with lots of money this time. Well, how is he going to use that money? Where is he going to go? I don't know, Jay. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> also, shout out Michael C. Jordan for dying instantly. <laughs> um, and just being a complete fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. What, did he drop his phone? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, dropped his phone, had to get up to get it, and then just brutally snaps his neck on the back of a chair. That was pretty brutal. Um, um, what is his name? I, I like Winston. Michael C. Jordan. Yeah, Otis Winston is Michael C. Jordan. Well, speaking of him brutally snapping his neck and the visuals of that, let's jump into visual cinematography, Ty. First question, do you remember the one shot? Because there was a mini one shot in this. When he goes to the phone yeah. place and they like shoot through the wall, yeah. there's like holes in the wall. I appreciate it. I know you did. I love me a one shot. Did it get a plus one, I hope? It did. It did get a plus one. Okay, good. Um, I landed at a 12. Okay. Originally added at a 13, bumped it down. Some of the visuals in this is pretty bad, like the CGI on the plane and everything. I think that's just as to be expected bad. Is it, though? The cockpit yeah. was so fucking green screened in front of it. So was Gray Man, though. N- not that bad. Yes, it was. Not that Gray bad. Gray Man was worse. No. I vividly remember talking about it on this very podcast. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. That being said, like, the reason I ended up giving oh, it. Oh, yeah, that scene was bad. <laughs> no, I remember which one you're talking about now. The um the reason I gave it more than like a nine or a ten is like there was like some sort of attempt in this to be creative. There was the one shot, there was some interesting like camera pans, there was some actiony stuff like the sniper shot where we got like a mini thirty second American sniper clip. That was fucking <laughs> awesome. that was the coolest part of the movie though. Where he's just like blowing holes through cars through people. Yeah, and then they're fl- flying back 30 feet. pretty fucking cool. The action, while it was very short at the end, was – it was cool. It was a cool action scene. Like, as ridiculous as it is, and it doesn't make sense, and we get we knock it off for the plot slash story, like, it's still pretty cool to watch Gerard Butler fly a plane while someone's about to shoot a rocket launcher at him. And take him out with the front landing gear. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, no, there was, like, a little bit of a – I feel like an attempt – to not just be super cookie cutter, and you say they think they were making a serious movie, I think they were leaning into the stupidity of dad action, and that's why we got the exaggerated um, close-ups. There was a few just exaggerated like zoom-ins and yeah. camera pans, and they even had a first-person shot in this um, briefly. Um, I don't remember that when the SEAL team first shows up, and it's like his his uh, GoPro. Oh yeah, yeah, we have that for like ten seconds, and then it cuts to the the, the crisis room where they they see the grow pro. There was some sort of attempt, so I gave it a twelve. So I agree that there was a stylistic attempt um, mm-hmm. while making this. Like they wanted it to look a certain way. I think my biggest issue is they wanted it to look like it came out in two thousand four. <laughs> okay, and like you're not gonna get credit if like you're intentionally trying to make it look like. You just don't have the technology to make it look better. Like, you're doing shit that just just so outdated and camera shots that just we've moved on from because we've all agreed that they kind of look bad and corny now. But they're so fun. Uh, and so I landed at an eight. Maybe it's an ode to the genre, Ty. It's a love letter to the genre. I don't think it is. <laughs> I landed at an eight. I didn't. It's not dog shit. There's some fun scenes in here. CGI is very bad. Um, anything yeah. CGI is terrible. You can tell that this. Well, let's actually take a look here, because I wouldn't be shocked if this had a ridiculous budget. 
20 to 25 million. Okay. So you could tell that this had a low budget. Um, and they didn't have a lot for the, the CGI and green screen and shit. How much of that 20, 25 million was just Gerard Butler's salary? No, I think he did this for free. <laughs> oh, you think it's yeah. a passion project for him? No, yeah. Gerard Butler seems like the guy. He's like, I'm going to kill people and I'm going to be a captain on a plane. <laughs> he was like, I just, I'll show up. You're going to pay for my trip to this island? Okay, I'm there. You know how we did the buddy cop draft? Hmm? However long. How did we not get Gerard Butler and Liam Neeson, buddy cop? Just two guys just Liam on Neeson, a killing spree. Liam Neeson also has a plane movie. Yeah, non nonstop. I've seen it. Yeah, it's like he's like the flight marshal or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, I, I have a soft spot for these films, Ty. I just do. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He said it's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's everything... I my favorite Liam Neeson thing Liam ne is he he made Taken four different ways and just like changed because he has nonstop he has Taken he has the one where he's on a train, um, whichever one that one is maybe that one's nonstop I don't even know. Um, Have you seen Ice Road? I, because Ice Road is the one where he's a trucker on an ice road saving his son. It's Taken in the snow. <laughs> I love Neil, dude. Liam Neeson and Gerard Butler need to make a film together. Oh man. Oh never mind. He's saving trapped miners. I think there's another one where his son gets taken. I'm sure. Um, I'm the sure. The marksman, honest thief. Oh man, they're just oh like, oh cold pursuit. What's cold pursuit? He makes a lot. The commuter, a grieving snowplow driver, seeks out revenge against drug dealers who killed his son. <laughs> Fuck, that is a separate one where he drive. It's not a big rig, but it's a snowplow. <laughs> That's the same movie, just italicized. Um, he, there's the commuter, which is um. An in, oh, in, oh, there's an ad. Sorry, I freaking made me lose my train of thought. An insurance salesman slash ex-cop is caught up in a life-threatening conspiracy during his daily commute home on a train. Um, and then nonstop. God, he makes so many movies. I think we give Gerard Butler a lot of credit because we love Law Abiding Citizen. I think maybe for qu quantity, it's Liam Neeson is the dad action godfather. Yeah. I think he's put up more shots than anyone else in NBA, you know. Yeah. I mean, nonstop, an air marshal springs into action during a transatlantic fight, flight after receiving a series of text messages demanding $150 million into an offshore account or someone will die every 20 minutes. Fuck yeah. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was like, It's exactly what you would expect it to be. Um, we need a Gerard Butler. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Lupita Nwongu is Nwongo. I butchered her name i butchered everyone's name she's in this from black panther okay in nonstop. yeah fuck yeah uh, plays nakia now in black panther. i do have a question for you regarding this movie completely separate from the skit well actually we're done with cinematography yeah key elements here jay uh, this kind of relates to this what are your thoughts on all the big action sequences and everything important happening in plane happening off of the plane because you yeah. look at nonstop, like mm -hmm. you said, the Liam Neeson movie, movie mm -hmm. all of that happens on the plane. Yeah. There, right. All the action, all the fights are, are in the vehicle itself of a plane, whereas plane, the key part happens after he lands the plane and everyone exits. Bad, I think it's a bad name. Yeah, you got to name I don't know this movie Island. Plane on an island? No, just Island. Island. They're all on an island. Plane Island? What about like... Plain Island Plain. <laughs> That's where everything takes place. Lean into the convict thing. What is that line he says? You find redemption in the weirdest... 
Redemption. Redemption. Okay. That's a dad action title. Captain. I'll take Captain too. Captain Redemption. How about Redemption that? Captain. <laughs> there we go. Fuck yeah. And the sad part is this little brainstorming we're doing right now is probably the exact same thing the studio did. No, I don't think they even did that. They just named it fucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they forgot to schedule that meeting and they're like, we got to fucking release this movie. We didn't title it. It's No, it's, you know how they have the working titles to keep it from yeah. people knowing what it is? This was the working title. And just the paperwork got messed up. Yeah, whoever was supposed to file the actual title <laughs> forgot. And, and it was like, like well. 3 a.m. and he woke up in a cold sweat like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they just they sent it to the fucking – they already printed the movie posters. They yeah. already sent out the things to the theaters. It was too late to change the title from Plane. Um, now, key elements. I guess I'll just ask you this now. There was a part in the film where you were laughing hysterically because <laughs> the man <laughs> drops a gun and picks up a sledgehammer. Now, in first glance, it was <laughs> – this was Tyler in the theater at first glance. It was ridiculous, but it actually had a purpose because he had to kill the guys quietly. So do you rescind your laughter at least a little bit? He already had a fucking knife before that. Cause he slit someone's throat to walk over to the conveniently placed sledgehammer to fucking grab and take out two people. It was pretty good. It was so fucking great. It was good. He's like, we got knives. We got guns. Holy shit, a fucking sledgehammer. All I could think of was Triple H. That whole <laughs> sequence was fucking Triple H, dude. We got to fucking dub that. Dub his face over oh it. Oh, my God. It was wonderful. It was just the most ridiculous, like, we want to have a cool sledgehammer action scene, and we're just going to place this right here, and he's you know avoid all logic and just fucking grab this and go to town. So how do you compare a film like this to a film like Violent Night, per se? Which has plenty of ridiculous action, including ridiculous sledgehammer yeah, action. much better sledgehammer action. <laughs> it's not even comparable. I would argue Violent Night has twice the sledgehammer action that this movie does. It does. It does. No, definitely. But just how would you compare key elements-wise? Look, I gave this a 13. It's ridiculous dad action. I've seen a lot. I've seen better dad action. And I think, honestly, like, what would make this better key elements is just more dad action, more yeah. ridiculous. There's not enough in it. Bad plot, bad characters, all that aside, if you would have just given me 30 more minutes of just sledgehammers, even if it made no sense, this would get a higher score. Yeah, because then you're, like, buying into it. But, like, they just kind of jumped back and forth. They didn't know what to do. There wasn't enough action in this action movie. Yeah. Like, you get the one fight scene, and then it's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, they're hostages. And then, like, you slit a guy's throat, I guess. And then you walk over, and you fuck two dudes up with a sledgehammer just for the guy to walk over and surrender himself. And then we start the final scene of everyone fucking the shootout. Yeah. Give me more. Start the movie with them crashing. Yeah, we didn't need all that buildup. No, I just, I don't give a fuck about it. And the thing is, like, they take the time to, like, show the passengers and, like, oh, this is a snarky guy and this is the two, like, fucking teenage girls. And, and none is, of it matters. You don't fucking care about them at all. None of it matters. You yeah. don't give a shit about anyone in this movie besides Gerard Butler and kind of the convict. This is like the Rare Dad action movie where it's almost like it needed to be longer. Like, it probably wouldn't have been good if it was longer. Yeah. But how they set the movie up, it was like, it's like this director, start like, you know how, like, good, like, most movies, they don't direct in order, obviously. There's, like, logistics of filming locations and everything, and they'll shoot out of order. This, I think, was a case where the director isn't very experienced, and he shot it in order. And then he got to, like, an hour 15 in the movie, and he's like, and the studio's like, hey, man, like, we need to, like, this movie's only an hour and a half. Like, we need to wrap this up. And he's like, oh, shit. 
well, I'm not going to go cut anything. Yeah. So, like, he just started it, and then he, like, got to a point where he's like, oh, wow, this is pretty long. Let's just wrap it up, I guess. Yeah. I guess we'll call it quits. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was two more action sequences planned. We'll just cut to the runway. <laughs> what did you give it for Key Elements? Key Elements, I finished with a score of nine. Um, okay. It's it's a under it's a below average dad action movie. There's so much better dad action out there. That's just ridiculous over the top action throughout, and not just like one or two glimpses of ridiculous action. Yeah. This is just it's it's really really takes a long time to get to the fun part. I think Amy Nicholson has a great review about this. Um, tell me what Miss Miss Nicholson says. Miss Mrs. Can you I, tell me she's married? I, I'm not sure. Does she have a Does she have a face shot? Not really. Uh, I mean, there's a picture of her, but it's not like just her face. So y- her hand is in it. I can't, Tyler. The box. Does she is got a so rock? Small. Uh, it's a rotten review. It says, "Reminded me of a pic. Reminded me of a picture of a beautifully drawn horse that turned into a stick figure by the end." <laughs> <laughs> so she memed the movie. She. It's a fucking meme. <laughs> yeah. Did she think that that? Like she unironically like just copied that meme in her review. I think she did that purposely. And I then you got. So. Does she, she look old? Respectfully. No, she looks probably a millennial. She's a millennial. Okay, so she knew then. Yeah, uh, Sean Edwards. I, no, that's the complete wrong review though. She's got that so backwards. The entire first half is a stick figure, and then the horse's tail is like <laughs> elaborately drawn. <laughs> okay, I see she's got that saying. so fucked up. Well, she's not a dad. Oh yeah, moms wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the the equivalent of a dad action for moms? Like a cheesy rom com. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Hallmark movies. Why don't we call them mom coms? <laughs> Why don't we? Did I just Daction and mom coms? <laughs> oh man, I didn't. Hate, I don't hate that at all. And then you have, dude, Gerard Butler's just a man of the parents. That's what it is. Mm. That's all he makes is mom coms and and dad dadactions. Dad dad action. It was. I was spitballing. We can say <laughs> dad action. Because <laughs> yeah, like here's another thing about Gerard Butler. Does he the, like? I feel like either he has to die or his loved one has to die. There's zero yeah. reason for his wife to be dead in this. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he just, he, d- I was going to bring that up when I was watching. I was like, he just doesn't like having a spouse. He loves playing a grieving father. Slash husband in this. Because um, his wife is the dead one. Or in the movie, like, P.S. I Love You, I think it's called, where he's dead and he's, like, writing her letters or whatever it is. Like, wrote her letters. He's, he's dead. Okay, hold on. The London Has Fallen series. It's a trilogy. Um, I'm sure he has a dead relative. He Gerard Butler has to be dead himself or have a dead direct relative in his film. And he produced this. So you know they went through the whole thing. And like after they did the first take of that scene, he's like, hey, hey, director, like, what if we add the part like my wife's dead? Like he asked about my wife and she's just dead. You think that'd be good? And the director's like, ah, I don't know. He's like, I'll, I'll improv it a little bit. We could we could mess with it on the cutting room floor. And then he slipped like a 20 to the, to the editor and got it to stay in. Why is he? Does he have to have a dead wife in this? And who's that lady with his daughter? Okay, so hold on. I, I think her aunt or something. I don't <laughs> remember. Why can't there just be his wife? And the London has fallen in the first film. Everything's happening and there's a lot of shit going on. Banning's wife Leah is due to give birth in a few weeks. Not dead, but I feel like that probably doesn't go well. Um, so maybe like the Olympus has fallen. He's a grieving father, <laughs> grieving husband who is still a father. Or grieving dad, who's no longer a husband. Oh, grieving to save, widow, widow. He had to choose between to widow. save the wife or the daughter. Widow? What is a male widow? widow? I think it's just widow either way. Was that a unisex term? I believe so. Okay. Uh, Jonathan W. Hickman 
Oh, no, sorry. Excuse me. Steven uh, Silver says this is the very definition of a of a January ass movie. Yeah, that's a great call. I think we've been neglecting the fact that January is the time that all the shit movies come out. Um, yeah. We've mm-hmm. been lucky because we went and watched a movie that came out in December with Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of avoided that. And then I fucking love Babylon. How about uh, Eli Glasner of CBC News saying, fresh review, plain fall, people fight, critic happy. Love that. Caveman brain. That's exactly what you need for this film. These type of films. Like, I don't agree with it, but I, I like it. Jeremy I Johns, like that guy. the YouTuber. He, that guy, that guy who just did the last review fucking loves Law Abiding Citizen. I know it. I hope so. He has to. Jeremy Johns, of a, he's a YouTuber. I'm not sure if you've watched him. He has like that red background. I've heard of his name. I don't know if I've. Uh, he wrote, if you like 1990s action movie throwbacks, you might want to check this one out. Yeah. Fresh. Okay. It's a love It's a love message, Ty. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it's shot stylistically really shitty. <laughs> Last one. This guy. Is he plagiarizing us? We have Mr. J. Don Burnham from Below the Line. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's where this movie falls, I think, probably. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's Probably. I don't know what the final score is. Oh, my God. Ty. The f- Bro. What's up? The line is a film term. What do you mean? Below the line is, line is a term derived from the top sheet of a film budget for motion pictures, blah, 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 blah. The line in below the line refers to the separation of production costs between script and story writers, producers, directors, actors, and casting and the rest of the crew or the production team. And we fall somewhere within that. I'm just saying, like, we our original name wasn't for a movie podcast, but we still kind of have a movie term. I was thinking the lines of the scripts, dog. I always thought that this worked for both. Like, the actor, what's my line? Yeah. Do you really think that we are just we are just rocking with the sports name in our movie podcast? Well, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I... I always thought line worked for both. Anyways, um, this guy from Below the Line. Oh, I wish we had our sports podcast this week still. Very specifically this week for no particular reason. This guy from Below the Line. <laughs> Rotten review, Ty. I'm starting to think you're plagiarizing this guy. Because his, his review is, it's, it's called Plane, but it could be called Island or Guns or just another <laughs> Gerard Butler movie. It's entertaining, but it's just that derivative and unexceptional. Uh, unexceptional. I fucking like this guy. Like the like the uh, cut of his jib, as some would say. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I've heard it before though. But I, this guy, we need to we need to reach out to him. He he has a similar name. He's got a similar style. <laughs> yeah. What's I'm his name? To, um, I already lost it. <laughs> Fuck. J. Don Below something. Below the line. Movie. I looked it up. I already couldn't find it. Movie review. His name was uh, J. Don Burnham. J. Period. Don is the new name. Burnham. Uh, below the line has a website. BTLnews.com. He's got a Twitter. How many followers? He's a film critic for Below the Line. The Twitter has 1,728. It's the voice of the crew since 2002. Pretty good. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but he seems to like films. Just like us. Um, no, I wanted to check out. Um, we're going on a tangent here, talking about reviews while we're doing our own review of the movie. I'm trying to find the guy who did the caveman review, Eli Glasner. Caveman. Oh, 
Um, he also gave Violet Knight a fresh. Who did? Mr. Eli Glasner. That's K-Man Review? Yeah. He wrote, if the sound of Santa swinging his sledgehammer like Thor while yelling naughty naughty doesn't jingle your bells, this ain't for you. <laughs> that fucking guy's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at his reviews. It's like almost all fresh, except Black Adam, which has a 39%. That movie had that bad of a score? Uh, that sounds yeah. That's a good movie. Wasn't Top Gun bad. Maverick. Wasn't bad. Gave it a rotten. This guy did? No, no. He gave it a fresh. Oh, my God. He did give the Batman a rotten, though. So he's just fully committed to stupid action movies. Like the Batman got a little too serious, got a little bit too de- deep. He just wanted to see someone all dressed in black punching bad guys. Well, no, he gave uh, the other one. He gave Black Adam Rodden. Oh, fuck. He doesn't know. He just doesn't like superheroes. That's it. <laughs> got it. He likes real life heroes like Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a law abiding citizen uh, review, unfortunately. That's all right. Um, wish, wish we did. Wish we did. Um, characters tie. Mm-hmm. This got a Gerard Butler bump of one point for me. It was a five, <laughs> but I usually always consider like the bad of the bad one through five and Gerard Butler's in this. So it got a six. Um, there's just no character development. Really? Gerard Butler is Gerard Butler. He is who he is. And I like that about him. Okay. Um, the ex convict criminal, whatever we want to call him. Doesn't really show any growth. Like, they add this dynamic of him being a criminal and everything. But, like, in the grand scheme, it doesn't really matter. Like, that he was next criminal. Yeah, like, they're just like, they're just like, oh, we got to watch out for him. And then they take the handcuffs off, and he's just like. And then he's just a normal dude. Yeah. He just doesn't get to hop on the plane with them at the end. He instead steals the half a million dollars that was there for no reason. Yeah. What would you say you gave it? I gave it a six. They're just, like. And all the passengers, they try to uh, give them characteristics and kind of explain them and, you know, build that up. And it, it doesn't matter. It yeah. really doesn't. You waste so much time on that. I, I was out of five. I'm out of four. Wow. Okay. The villain is terrible. He's just like bad guy do bad thing. I kind of um, liked him. I thought he had that, that aura on the screen. Like he actually did. He actually felt like they, it was good casting. I don't disagree with that, but it was very much bad guy do bad thing. He reminded me of like uh, if the kid from Tropic Thunder grew up to still be in charge of like a military thing. You remember the bad guy from Tropic Thunder? I don't think I've ever seen Tropic Thunder. Die. <laughs> no, Jay. I've seen it bits and pieces. I've never seen it start to finish. Oh, it's such a wonderful. Y- you film. You bring it up a lot. It's that's. I'm surprised this films. has slipped through the cracks this long. <laughs> it's like a twelve-year-old who's in charge of like the military camp in Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. but. He's an Asian kid, not mm-hmm. maybe Filipino, but like Northern Asian from Filipino, and it Aren't just the feels Philippines Asian. Well, they are, but they're like Southern Asian, so Northern Asian. I'm right. just I'm not gonna say all Asians look the same, Jay. There's definitely a distinct difference between these. Well, two is he like Vietnamese? Is that where law where Tropic Thunder takes place? Is Vietnam? I don't know. Okay, I'll say it. I don't know. Okay, but I feel like they're different ethnicities of Asians. Well, obviously. Um. He just feels like that kind of kid if he grew up. He's just bad guy, do bad thing. Um, Gerard Butler, he's just the over-the-top corny. He's Gerard Butler. Yeah, he's a pilot throughout the film. He commits to the pilot role. He makes the line once they touch down. I hope this layover is better than the last. Um, Good line. It's funny. Good line. It's ridiculous. I don't give a shit about anyone on that plane. Kind of maybe the flight attendant lady. Like, oh, that was kind of a bummer. Her friend died, but that's it. The other, like, co-pilot, like, 
He puts like the thing of his family. I don't give a fuck about them. They could have been popping holes in all these motherfuckers, and I wouldn't have cared. And How- it would have made the movie more entertaining. Or the the jerk, the jerk pilot, passenger, passenger. Yeah, that guy was a dick. I thought he was the one that got shot in the end when they were all running up the stairs, but it was the other bald guy that got shot. It wasn't him. Oh, it wasn't him? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was him. I thought so, too, but then there was another scene where she, I thought the other bald guy was the one that was, like, agonizing in pain. I could be wrong. Maybe they fucked up. <laughs> Maybe. This seems like the movie where that would happen, where one guy gets shot, and then in the other scene, the other guy is dealing with that injury. Well, it would make sense for the <laughs> jerk to be the one that gets shot. Why else did you build him up as this big, bad yeah. jerk? You just want a characterization, so you had an asshole on the plane. But why? Unless character. you're going to have him be the guy that, like, stands up to the militia and then gets yeah. shot in the head. No, he's n- he's useless. The entire crew is useless. Mm-hmm. Dry Butler does his thing. The convict is just, he's just quiet, and then he's free, and then he helps, and he's a military dude, and then he leaves. What do you think they did with the dead bodies when they took the plane and they took off? Because they were just in the aisle five minutes yeah. before that. Um, They probably just disappeared, got new to air. <laughs> I, just, I don't think they're there in the final scenes no i don't know this I, did i get my score it's a four yeah i think the one thing that kept me from going in the very bottom category is like i don't think there was any egregiously bad acting no i think all of the crew was bad acting they were all so one-dimensional like, like hey i want you to be a dick and he's like okay i'll be a dick and hey i want you to be like a like an over emotional so. i don't think it was good and one think... guy's like vlogging. He's like, "Oh, fucking look at me!" And I feel like they were all just one-dimensional, very shitty, one-off characters. I don't think it was bad acting, though. The characterization was bad, but I, I, I guess if I'm gonna go in those lower tiers, I'm thinking, you know, the those who wish me dead and those kind of actors. You know, so. what'd you think about the daughter and her emotional speech on the phone? <sighs> that daughter looked familiar. Was she in something we've seen? <sighs> um, yeah, she wasn't That's a great. Good question, Jay. She wasn't she great. Is. Flight attendant Maria Falco, Anna Fernandez. I don't see her on the cast list. Maybe on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe she shows. Are up you on, on IMDb? IMDb. Yeah. yeah. All cast and crew. So it's got to be daughter Torrance. I don't know what her name is. Me neither. Yeah, she's not. She's not listed. Daniela. That sounds right. Was that her name? Haley Hecking. All cast and crew. Haley Hecking. Hold on, I'm locked in here. Daniela Haley Hecking. Remember when we said we were going to DM people every episode and then yeah. we never did? I believe it's Miss uh, Haley Hecking. Uh, she is also known for Action Royale in 2021. If this is Haley Hecking, she only has 126 followers on Twitter. That sounds right. She only has two. She like, has 86,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, it's her. Haley Hecking. Um, she looks like someone else we've seen in a movie. Maybe she looks like Miss Baldinicho or whatever her last name was. Baldacino. Yeah, the girl without the real birthday. Um, she looks like, I swear we've seen her in a movie recently, but who knows. I can't find a picture of her. I don't even know how you're fucking finding this. Um, Haley Hecking. That's her name. She looks like another actress. Can't put my finger on it. Oh, well. Moving on. Characters that give a six. Enjoyment. Look. Fuck, she does look like another actress, dude. I know. So much to the point that I thought we've already seen her in a movie. Who the fuck does she look like? Look, I had fun with this. Um, I hate this so much. That you can't figure this out? Yeah. I had fun with this. I'll be goddamn. She was cheating on Chandler Riggs. 
What? I don't know. It says Haley Hacking cheating on Chandler Riggs. It was like a. I don't know. It's a Chandler Riggs. I don't either, but she was cheating on someone. I don't think her dad would be very proud of that while he's in the sky. <laughs> um, look, it's ridiculous. It has its flaws. But when we left the, f- the theater last night, Ty, I still felt like I had fun with that. I don't want my $5 back. I don't want my two hours back. I had fun with that film. I gave it a 13 out of 20. So it's a movie theater film or a, a hotel room film if I've ever seen one. I, I finished with an 11. Okay. Not as bad as it could have been cuz I wasn't dreading it like you show up and it's over. <laughs> like it, it's such an easy watch. I would have liked more action. I would have liked to it to get there faster, but like the action that's there is enjoyable. That sniper scene was fun. It was. That was the most fun scene of the year so far. Ah, that's a lie. Puss in Boots had some good moments, <laughs> but <sighs> Babylon 2. It was a fun scene. It was a fun scene. Um I like that. I like people being shot through things when they think they're in undercover. And then I also like the special forces team just taking cover in the middle of a runway, completely exposed. Yeah. Um, good fun. It's good stuff there. And I finished with 11. It was a very, very stupid, very baseline, very uh, simple film. But it's not mm-hmm. like it, it's not boring. You're not dreading it. It's not a miserable watch. It just doesn't really do much to get you going, to uh, get you off the ground, if, if you know what I mean. There, a little plain humor for you, Jay. What's your final score? <laughs> so I told you before, this is a bad fucking score, and I stand by that. Uh, 35 out of 100. Jeez. A very, very bad score. Ty. You I, film snob. I mean, you heard me go category to category. We were pretty close on everything. I was just a, a notch below you on almost all of them. I give it an even keel 50 out of 100. 50. That feels like the biggest 15-point difference we've ever had in this. Why? Well, I just, it, like, it feels very close, but in all actuality, like, it's a huge gap. 15 points is a lot. Gives us a final score of 42.5 out of 100, putting it at 146th out of 165 film reviews with the likes of the last of, I put the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) Reminiscence, it's tied with. It's half a point below Amsterdam. Yeah. Three points below uh, Super Bliss. Excuse me. Super Intelligence is right there. A bunch of forgettable movies, let's be honest. Above Tom Hanks' shitty Pinocchio. Yeah, it is. Um, above Disenchanted. Above Mulan. Above Home Team. Is this the lowest dad action film that we've ever reviewed? Um, I don't think Cry Macho is a dad action film. Mm, no. Artemis. Day Holy Shift names. might be considered dad action. Oh, I that's, think that's what it was trying no, to be. That's a million percent dad action, yeah. So that's probably the lowest. I will say it is not, despite your best efforts, it is rightfully not below the line. It is not within the line. Or excuse me. We do not draw the line. It is below the line. Fucking this up. But we're not drawing the line on this film. Yeah. No, it's right below the line. It's it's on the border of falling to a oh. movie where we draw the line. Yes. You individually might draw the line. I do. Me. I do draw the line. But collectively, we're below the line. <laughs> individually, you're also below the line. Correct. Collectively, we're below the line. It's just, would you recommend this to someone? Do you think your dad would like this yes. film? Yes, yes. I don't think my dad would. Well, your dad probably has a little bit more elevated taste than my dad. My wow. parents right now are binging a uh, blow deck. What is that? Some yacht thing where um, they were talking about with my grandma today, and my grandma said all they do is eat extravagant food. Well, she didn't say that. She said all they do is eat and are naked and have sex. Sounds like a blast. It is a Bravo TV 
Um, that's you could stop there. <laughs> reality <laughs> show. I can so. honestly say I don't think I'm ever gonna watch anything <laughs> Bravo TV related. Well, I can say that it's a reality show with ten seasons. I don't know. My family, uh, my mom and dad, they watch The Rookie. I think that's an ABC show. Okay. It just looks awful. It looks so bad and corny. It's got Nathan Fillion in it. Okay. Um, they like that a lot. So who knows? They may, maybe they like something like this. I don't know. A rookie cop, grizzled pilot. <laughs> Similarities. Um, random Rotten Tomato audience score. I was originally going to go with a different film, but I think I've done it before, so I pivoted at the last minute. What Staying- was the film? What was the film? The Marine. I feel like I've done The Marine. That's the John Cena one? Yeah. I don't know if you have, but... Well, I'm pivoting to just another plane movie. Not nonstop. Although that would have been good. I'm going to go with... How are there snakes on this mother trucking plane tie? That's the hardest fucking... Snakes on a plane. 2006. Never seen it. I've never actually seen it. Uh, If we're... I've seen it. The snakes scare me. I don't want to rewatch it. I oh, don't, I don't like snakes or bugs. Really? Yeah, they give me the heebie-jeebies. You don't like bugs? Did you have you ever done the Bugs Life tough to be a bug thing? At Not Dark those kind Adventures? of bugs. I'm more like spiders. Oh, because those scared me when I was a kid. Oh. That show very badly. More like spiders. Spiders. Do you like. have a fear of like spiders and like a phobia? Would you call it a phobia? I don't think I'm quite to a phobia. More just the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not like it'll keep me up at night. But I'm just like, Ugh. I know how to mess with you scorpions, now. Scorpions. Scorpions fuck me. I've never seen one, but <laughs> they seem terrifying. There was a scorpion like in these apartments not that long ago. No shit. I've never seen one in like the, the wild. Yeah. I killed it. Did you? Yeah. And I told Riley, like, <laughs> it was funny. I, I don't. I think I was taking Maurice out on a walk or something. I th- or maybe not. How'd you kill it? In the parking lot. Just smashed it with my foot or with my, my shoe. See, I'd be afraid that his fucking tail would, like, whip up on me. It was a little tiny one. It might have been a baby or something. But I remember I told Riley about it. I was like, I just killed a mosquito out there. I was so scared. I said mosquito. And she, like, was like, oh, okay. And then, like, I didn't realize till like, I think it was, like, the next day. Or maybe, like, <laughs> hours, at least hours later that night. I was like, oh, I said mosquito. I meant scorpion. And she was like, what? You saw a scorpion? I was like, yeah, when I said I killed a mosquito, I said scorpion. Fuck yeah. And I remember telling her specifically, like, I was wondering why you didn't react at all. Like, I thought it was a big deal that I killed a scorpion. She's like, okay, bitch, get over it. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. I know how to mess with you now. Just if I ever want to prank you, you know. Just get a live scorpion. (laughs) Yeah, just sting you with a scorpion. That's my little prank. You get me. You got me, Jay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Snakes on a plane audience score yeah this is a beloved movie by a lot of people and it's it's very joked upon but like i don't know if it's got a good score like people could hate this i'm just thinking of the christian mother who accidentally turns this on (laughs) i don't think a christian mother likes anything to do with planes snakes on the plane especially snakes that's like that's devil stuff yeah that's devil stuff right there that's the devil with someone using the lord's name in vain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all over that plane which is just a you know, planes themselves go against God's work. Shouldn't be able to fly. I will say, if uh, God wanted humans to fly, they would have given us wings. I will say, uh, watching this film, the film we watched, Plane, yeah, gave me a little bit of flight anxiety. I was like, do I want to go on a plane? I don't have any flights scheduled anytime soon, but I was like, that's good. Mm, that's kind of scary sounding. Yeah, all that turbulence and everything. You think you'd uh, watch this on a plane? No, definitely not. Okay, definitely not. <laughs> 
Look, I think that it's probably more positive than negative for snakes on a plane, but I don't think it's overwhelmingly positive. I think we're probably somewhere in the 70% range. Um, I I don't think the high 70s either. So we're going to go 74%. What's crazy about this is your thought process lined up a lot more with the critic score than the audience score. No. The critic score is at a 69. Okay. That's five off. The audience score is a 49. No. It is. It has the little green popcorn trash thing, whatever that means. So I should have just stuck with my guns to it's some people like it. Some people hate it. 50, 50. Yeah. <laughs> You're 150, 50. I would have been right there. You should have said some people love it. Some people hate it. Minus one for the Christian mothers out there. Yeah. 49%. Yeah. Um, well, it's 50, 50. Like some people like this kind of stuff. Some people don't like this kind of stuff. And then there's racists who are like, Ooh, black man. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Got to think too. about the racist and the snake phobia, phobia, snake phobia. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people out there who are scared of things, including you, Ty 49%. You'll get it one day. That's a bummer. Been doing this for a long time. Samuel L. Jackson banger right there. I've never seen it. Probably won't ever see it. How do the snakes get on the plane? <sighs> Illegally? And, like, how are they fighting snakes? No, there's a lot of snakes on that plane, though. Are they, like... I think they smuggle them or something. Are they, like, special snakes? Like, do they have superpowers? Are we... No, they're just snakes. Why is it such a big deal, then? I feel like that's, like, just cut its head off. very poisonous. Lots of them, though. Does he have a gun? Does he shoot a snake with a gun? Oh, for sure. Interesting. For sure he shoots it. And what is Samuel L. Jackson's role in this? Is he the flight marshal? Or is he just a passenger? I want to say he's just a passenger, but, like, I feel like Samuel L. Jackson could be FBI anywhere. FBI agent. Is he? Yeah. Okay. But I think he's just, like, a passenger FBI agent. He's uh, boards a flight escorting a witness on trial to trial. An onboard assassin releases a crate of deadly serpents in an attempt to kill the witness. That feels like the worst way to try to kill the witness. Mm. Like, poison his fucking seltzer water. Flynn. Or or you could release a crate of snakes. <laughs> Flynn and a host of frightened passengers and crew must band together to survive the slithery threat. Yeah, I, it's a fun watch. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get the heebie-jeebies because there's, there's a lot more than one crate worth of snakes. I can guarantee that. There's at least, like, two crates worth of snakes. Okay. Um, but it's a, it's a fun watch. You need to watch The Last of Us. Speaking of you watching this, you need to watch The Last of Us. Let's update the folks next week, Jay. Comes out on a Sunday. You got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to watch it. Okay. We have all this week to catch up and then all next week to watch the next one. Okay, and what movie are we reviewing next week? Next week, even better, you're going to be on that streaming service on HBO Max with the Banshees of... Um, Ed Sheeran. Inishirin. And for the people actually looking, Banshees of Inishirin? Mm-hmm. But Banshees of Ed Sheeran starring... Um, Ed Sheeran, the wonderful, not Ed Sheeran, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Mm-hmm. We like him. It's a pro Colin Farrell podcast, for sure. Best part of Artemis, Fowl. only good part of Artemis Fowl. Um, we are reviewing this because it is a film about two best friends. Is it? And because it's a film that's getting a bunch of Oscar buzz, both best picture, acting, all that stuff. Yeah, it's about. I've read you the synopsis. It's um like lifelong friends find themselves in an impasse. Blah 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 blah. Someone ends their friendship so it'll be a nice uh film for two friends to talk about 
the ending of a friendship. And I don't know. Maybe it'll spark something. Maybe you'll get some ideas, Ty. Yeah, it might be the end of this friendship. I might go see this in theaters. No, I'm not. Let's be is honest. it still in theaters? <laughs> AMC Dining Ontario Mills is showing it on uh, Friday night. That feels like a lot. I will say um, we're reviewing this right after it just won the uh, Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. Something like that. Golden Globe Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. Beat out the likes of other movies we haven't reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I say that we've actually reviewed all but one. Um, Babylon, mm-hmm. Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onions, and Knives Out Mystery. We like those. I like those three movies. I like two of the three. Triangle of Sadness is the other comedy. Never even heard of that. Slash drama. Drama, comedy, whatever it's called. Satirical black comedy film written or directed by Ruben Ostland in his English language feature film debut. What is it called? Triangle of Sadness. Huh. I might have to give that a... uh... Woody Harrelson's in it. A cruise for super rich sinks. Leaving survivors, including a fashion model celebrity couple trapped on an island. Just called it Boat. <laughs> um, I got nothing else for you, Ty. Next week, Banshee's a bit cheering, like you said. Yeah, next week, Banshee's a bit cheering, like I said. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com.
That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.